1: This is All By The Popcorn Podcast, episode three, with Emily. And Alessandra. And today, we're going to be talking about the release of the new Harry Potter movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where To Find Them. And we're going to be talking about, like, the
0: overall rebirth of Harry Potter. Which is very exciting. It's extremely exciting for... For lots of people. It's a huge, huge fandom. So, Yeah. yeah many, all, over, all ages. Like, I know people who are... 45 60 80 years old who love Harry Potter so it's I don't know amazing. people who don't like Harry Potter but that's it's, true it's, that still, is, it's still just exciting that's also a little bit it's well weird. I
1: mean not don't like but just have never read.
0: Yeah so I I guess we just should say that we're gonna be talking about this movie in mm-hmm. depth and we saw it last week um, the day it came out So warning spoilers spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers like
1: so much beyond Please beyond this, to this point. <laughs> so if you have not seen it, do not listen beyond this point because we are starting. Okay. So I just wanted to start off by just talking about what I liked about Fantastic Beasts because right before Alessandro and I saw it together, I was reading like it was what Entertainment Weekly or something. I saw a post or like a brief uh, headline on Facebook saying that Fantastic Beasts is not as magical <laughs> as <laughs> as Harry Potter and all of the original books and movies and stuff. And, you know, I really didn't want to believe that, so, um, and I know when I told that to Alessandra, she was like, it's not, that's not going to be the no, case, I, I, it's going to be fine.
0: I don't like to, to believe what I hear usually about that kind of stuff, I mean, and I didn't feel that way. Especially when I saw this movie. I thought it was extremely magical. In its own way. Very different from Harry Potter. It was so different.
1: And, okay, so back to what I liked. So that's just what I... That's just my thoughts before seeing it. I was just... Yeah. So, what I liked about Fantastic Beasts was seeing... I love, love, love how we got to see a different country's
0: like magical world. Yeah. That was amazing. And the laws in America... Versus the laws in in England, like yeah. their laws, they couldn't marry Muggles in America, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're, I mean, we're usually a more conservative um, country than mm-hmm. England is, and a lot of other countries in Europe, of course. So yeah, and and that was a good choice, I think, that J.K. did. Um, also, just their rules on doing magic in public are all. I mean, obviously, they're more strict. Yeah. Even more. Well, they're pretty strict in England, too. I'm
1: I'm but. pretty sure it would have started off because, you know, this is also in prior years, like, in prior decades. So I'm pretty sure London had maybe similar-ish laws because, you know, they're just starting off, like, because I'm pretty sure there were still people, maybe, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to assume anything, but no. maybe
0: there were people hiding there. Their magic for muggles in England. Oh, well, there were. Of course there were. But yeah. it was, like, the fact that they couldn't marry muggles. And I think that well, Newt yeah. even, like, says that's ridiculous. Like, he gets to a point where he, he goes, he's like, you don't even interact. And then they don't even, like, interact with him. They don't even, like, live among them, really. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, like, even uh, Queenie said in the movie, she was like, you're, like, one of the first uh, muggles like or no magics I've ever even met. And yeah. it's, like... You live in them, like how did you not? So I think they just have their own communities and they just stay completely apart from muggles. Whereas, like in the Harry Potter series, they're very much intertwined with them. Um, they do have wizarding communities as well, but they they also marry them. They have kids with them, you know, and then it's okay to tell them they have magic, obviously, because their kids have magic. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I'd really like to see more of this world, of course, and I'm really excited about that. But
1: yeah, I just remember seeing when J.K. had um, had released all of the new wizarding schools everywhere. I thought that was extremely exciting because that never even occurred to me. Like when Harry Potter first came out, I was like, "Oh, whatever, wizards are only in London, whatever." Like the thought never occurred to me. And then the second it happened, I was just like, "Oh my god, this could be."
0: Well, we we do have like the... it feels more real. Yeah, we, it feels more real we now. We do have the the Batons And the... Well, yeah, in Europe. Yeah, and they're in Europe, right. And we talked about, you know, at one point, Voldemort even goes to Germany. Like, they they kind of are, like, more just in Europe, but they don't really talk about the Americas ever, so it's really exciting. Yeah. And that's, like, also great, because your next point is that it's seeing it in a different era, and that was also really exciting to see it in the 1920s, because we just love period dramas, we love, like, all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty, pretty great. Especially with the costumes.
1: Yeah. Just gonna cut straight ahead to the costumes later on my list. But just with the twenties, the costumes, amazing. The costumes were done by Colleen Atwood, where oh. you would see you you if you don't know who she is, you know her by her many costumes that you've seen in many of the movies, like Memoirs of a Geisha, Edward Scissorhands, Alice in Wonderland.
0: Yeah. She's amazing. done
1: she's done costumes on every fantastical well, not every, but you know, lots of fantastical, surreal types of movies because those are the types of movies she likes to work on. She likes to work on the incredible. She likes to work on just the utmost amazing. Like, her attention to detail is just so fantastic. So she was perfect for this. And I was reading an article, and I guess when she found out that she was going to be working on this, she had to scour every costume shop in the world to find any last bit of... 20s costumes to put in this and then everything else all the costumes she made for all the main characters were completely by scratch she just designed them all and they were amazing uh just one point on newt's jacket Oh, who, yeah? who I heard Daniel Radcliffe was very jealous oh, of. Oh my, I bet. Daniel Radcliffe was, there's an interview of him being like, I had to wear like jeans and a zip-up oh, hoodie for oh. 10, for like 10 years.
0: Oh, and, I know. I got Eddie, with that. And
1: Eddie gets like this amazing, this amazing coat. And it's amazing. And then I have this really cool quote from Eddie Redmayne talking about his outfit. Um, so he says on Pottermore, it's just a piece that I read on Pottermore. He says, it's interesting, my costume, because one of the main routes into this character is the way he moves. With the tightness of the top, with at with the tightness at the top of the coat, Newt's a compact kind of guy, especially when you think about all the vials and magic he can fit in the coat, and the trousers were slightly short on him, too, which works uh-huh. for the way that yeah. Eddie was moving in it. He does. Because like he's
0: He's kind of gawky and, uh, yeah. he's jittery. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of uncomfortable. He does seem... Because he's uncomfortable around he's, people. He's a... Yeah. He... And, um, a little note on that I was reading, not just, like, this was confirmed or anything, but people who are in the autistic community or in the Asperger's community were actually commenting on how he, he might have a touch of Asperger's because of the way mm. that he reacts to people. And if you think about that, it does make sense from what we've seen and what we know about that. Um, disorders it's kind of like he is very awkward around people to the point where it's like he's socially anxious and you really see that a lot in his character and and he has a hard time even communicating. He doesn't really have a lot of lines you know a lot of his actions and are done without speaking yeah he's he, he for being the main character he doesn't really talk that much you know it's a lot of it is a very physical. Performance, you know, yeah, yeah. And if you think about it like that, then it <coughs> really makes a difference.
1: And let's see, touching on the wizard schools. So there's a wizard school. I can't remember all the places that there were wizarding schools. There, it's
0: London. Oh. London. Uh, I think that the Beauxbatons are from France, and then um, the, the new,
1: new ones though.
0: Oh, I'm not sure.
1: I don't remember. Um by the way the what i really liked was definitely of course but this happened before the movie of course with it the, was the introduction to the different wizarding schools that are in different countries than we know of and oh another thing i really liked about the movie was the script and the story and how detailed how detailed everything was which of course you can only get from an author who's writing the script and it just felt like it really, it really felt like the Harry Potter movies in a way, maybe even a bit more detailed than the Harry Potter movies, just because she just like she hit on
0: everything that need to be hit on, well, like because she wrote this one, it really felt like it wasn't being adapted. Obviously, because yeah, no. the other the Harry Potter movies are obviously adapted from the books that yeah. have an extreme amount of detail in them, and there's no way you're gonna be able to get that in a film form. With the seven or the eight Harry Potter movies that there are, they actually skim over so many little side stories and important things that really develop characters yeah. that you obviously can't do in a movie. So, I mean, I love the movies, I do, but I really love the books too, you know. So it's like, I love the books, especially in the later books, because those are, have way more information than a movie can possibly give.
1: Mm-hmm. Whereas
0: the first movie has more information in the movie than it does in the book, because that was the first book and there wasn't as much information. So I feel like they just do this kind of flippy thing where yeah. they go from being like about the same to totally, you know, it, on the extremes on both sides. But that this movie was written by JK herself, so everything. Is the way she wants it to be, and it's the way it's it's gonna be, and it's all canon. So, that's the best part about it, I think. Definitely, especially since
1: the only the only possible things that it could have been adapted on was the was the Fantastic Beasts book and Where to Find Them, which is just which I haven't read it, but it's just. Uh, a Description of all the different creatures, or there, yeah, is there other an
0: anthology? That's all it is. It's so it's
1: just the animals, there's yeah. no other possible information.
0: Well, there. no, okay. So the book itself has it's actually Harry Potter's, he owns it. Mm-hmm. So it says like owned by Harry on the inside. Mm-hmm. So there's actually little notes that Harry writes to himself about some of the creatures that he's encountered mm. as if he were commenting on them. So it's like little things about like a hippogriff, it would say like week in, like, parentheses or something. It, it would say, like, that as if in his handwriting. That's interesting. Yeah, but they're, like, not that many notes. It's just, like... That's still cool, though. Yeah, so it's, That's like, really as cool. if it was his own personal notebook. Yeah. yeah. I want to read that.
1: And... Ooh, and I have a really cool quote from Eddie Renmayne on the script. He says, One of the wonderful things about the script is when you read it, it's not just... What the characters say. It's stage directions and descriptions in between. You have to read each thing. You can't just skim it. Yeah. You have to read Harry's notes <laughs> in the Fantastic Beats, Beasts book. Yeah. Can't you can't just skim it. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and Eddie also explains in an interview with Entertainment Weekly that the movie had many genres in it, which... I believe like yeah. it had different angles and directions that it took. It was really exciting just because there was little pockets of romance, little pockets of comedy, pockets of very scary, like even horror, oh. like very oh, scary. Yeah.
0: With credence and the, the scar. What is it? The obscure, the obscurus that was so frightening for me. That was terrifying. And I, it's ripping through the city and just, and just
1: through that through that tunnel, the subway or the yeah the subway. And
0: just the thought of somebody being so uh, pent up, yeah, like it, holding in th- th- his creates, magical tendencies. Yeah, it creates this very dangerous creature. Yeah. That uh, I think one of my favorite parts about Newt was that he didn't see this as a creature that doesn't need to be protected. He was like, it, although it's a very dangerous creature, it also is worthy of of like living, right? Like it has a life. Yeah. So that's like really important to him. He's a he, he's a really like this thing has a life and it deserves to live even though it is very dangerous. But on another note,
1: you'd think if people knew that these types of things things existed, like if they wanted to avoid those things being created, right. they could easily just let the magical children Release their magic into the world and not have to keep it hidden inside. Well, they keep it hidden inside because
0: they might be uh, muggle borns, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to foster that um, very healthily. And that, that's a lot of like the the a lot of the message was also kind of like a mental health, which I I think they should have focused on more because that was kind of a subplot for most of the movie, and then it became the plot. And I think that they should have focused more on Credence as a character getting into his mind earlier rather than later. Yeah, because you really didn't...
1: Like, you knew something was up with Credence and that yeah. he was at least creepy. Like, in the beginning.
0: But you didn't really get to care for him. And I feel like you kind of do, but, like... But probably what Newt wanted people to do was was to at least care for... Think it, about, about end, point still of a view. human. Yeah. And I think that the way that she outlaid that whole plot was a little bit weak because if you had, because Tina actually had gone to, the reason she lost her Aurorship, like she was an Auror, the reason she left the the Auror was because she uh, hurt a Nomad, which was credence's stepmother who adopted him. Right, Mary Lou. Yeah, and she, you know, she was anti, completely anti-witch and wizard and... Um, Credence was forced to suppress his his wizarding like tendencies, and that's why he became yeah, So I don't know. Like I feel like they could have focused at least a little bit more on that, especially with reference to Newt, because it just had a connection with Tina, and not really with Newt until the very end when Newt was like you're you're a creature, so I need to protect you. You know. Yeah. I don't know, but I it could have been done better, I think. But I also think it was still very strong, especially in the end. Yeah, with fighting him, and yeah, everything. So, which made me think, like after we found out what the obscurus uh, does
1: and how it's created, like for for like I thought about like the beginning, beginning of the whole Harry Potter series and how, like I mean Harry Harry was very open with his magic, and you know he he really doesn't have that. I mean. He could have that kind of character. Like, I mean, he's always been told by the Dursleys to, like, hide his magic because he's, like, a freak and he's not normal. Yeah. And, like, so, I mean, that easily could have happened to him. Sure. But
0: he... But I think Hogwarts knows who's who's a, a magical person. And well, it yeah. Seems and also, like, he was very well-known. So... Yeah. He was a well-known child. So, of course, Hogwarts also, is going to reach out to but him. But they know who... The, when, all magic that's being done under the age of 17... For some reason, the um, Ministry of Magic knows that magic is being done, mm-hmm. like when it is being done by kids under seventeen. So it's it's kind of like they know who is a is a witch or wizard, so that they can avoid this obscurest thing. And even in the nineteen twenties, when Newt is is alive, and he he found the like the last one. He thought like he thought that was the very last of because they had stopped. That, that had been a thing that has stopped. Like, the Salem Witch Trials and all that. Yeah. It it all has to do with this, and it was like they'd stopped making those things because they have been more accepting towards people with wizarding abilities and stuff, and they had the... They had Macuza and everything. Yeah. So, it doesn't seem like Makuza knows that this is going on. So, how does Makuza not know what's going on, but the Ministry knows what Harry Potter does to his cousin? You know, like... He, he defeats the the Dementors and his cousin, he, right in front of his cousin, and then they're like, well, you did magic in front of a muggle. Like, they know that, right? Like, they they saw that happening. Yeah. And Makuza didn't, but maybe because it's the 1920s that it just, like, it was too early for them to, to do that kind of magic or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's, like, a connection with the school type thing. I mean, yeah. I don't know. So, um, we'll go into questions now. Just some fun questions that I had put in here. Um, So, Alessandra Yes How big of a Harry Potter fan would you say you are? I'm a very large Harry Potter fan Um, I just love Harry Potter Probably because it's spanned my entire lifetime I think I read the first book Actually, what happened was I saw the movie first Because that came out when we were like six or seven Yeah And I saw the first movie and then I actually didn't read the first book until much later because I started reading the books at, like, book three for some reason. Like, I just, like, started right in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that was the recent one that had come out by the time I started reading books like that. So, oh. but anyways, I just, I even, like, I like Harry Potter so much, I even pre-ordered the more recent book, The Cursed Child, and that came out, like, the day it came out. So I was, like, really excited about that. But Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, I definitely love the idea of
1: wizards in a wizarding world. So I kind of, I've, of course I've, I've watched all the movies and I've read all the books. Uh, I definitely watched a majority of the movies before I had started reading the books. I actually didn't start reading the books until high school. Oh, okay. Maybe even like midway through high school. I think I started maybe sophomore year. Um, and then I finished the last book before the last movie had come out. Um, so that, that was the only movie I'd seen where I'd actually read the book before the movie coming out. So I, at least I was able to catch up, but I was definitely more of the, more of a fan of the movies, um, just cause I can never remember everything that's in those books. There's so much <laughs> extra detail and
0: so much, like well, I, so much. There is a lot and I've been, uh, for like five or six years now. I've actually had the last two books, the last two audiobooks on my iPod and they just shuffle through my music. So I just get like sections of the books randomly throughout all my music and I've been for like five or six years. So it's like a lot of listening to the same stuff, but like different parts of like, you know, several hours, like, you know, 10, 12 hours of, of Harry Potter, you know? Yeah. And so that's like a lot of information, but of course I've read those books like, paper so many times, too, because they're just so enthralling to me. I don't know. They're just really exciting, but... I'm probably not the biggest
1: Harry Potter fan in terms of knowing everything, but I do... I do greatly enjoy and greatly admire the world that JK has created, and I do... Ever so wish that it was real.
0: Oh. It's so difficult to think of it it's as just not real. Yeah. Because it's so complete. It's just so... It's so... I mean, I'm not saying... I'm not crazy or anything. I'm not saying like a... I, but no, just, just
1: all the detail in every little piece she puts into it. It makes it seem real because she honestly doesn't leave out anything. I know. She's like... Her world building is incredible and... It, her imagination, her just her character development, like all these, all these characters seem so real. Like they all just, have so Hogwarts many... seems like a real place. Even like, ho- hopefully we can get
0: maybe, maybe a little snippet more on, um, every morning, Yeah. Il- yeah. Yeah. Definitely going to get some more of that in the future. Super excited about all of that. I love just seeing what unfolds, um, which is an interesting, you know, as, as after Harry Potter has progressed, there's these new movies, there's the new Cursed Child book, which takes place in the future, and is also supposed to be a reality. And a lot of people have rejected it because they don't like it that much, and I gotta say, I didn't really love that those plays, but I also, like, didn't despise them, so I still see them as part of the Harry Potter canon, but so does J.K. say that they're canon? Yeah, they, she does. But I don't think she wrote them personally. I think she just worked with Jack Thorne and the other guy to make this story and make this play real. And, it, you know, it's also a different medium to tell the story than usual. So there's a lot of things that, could be, that you, people feel about that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I still see that as part of Harry Potter and... I still see that as, as everything that goes into this world, so. Yeah. Yeah, because it's pretty amazing. So, next question. What was your favorite creature in Fantastic Beasts? So, I have two because I like them both equally. First one is the Occamy, which is the bird that um, is blue and it the fills... one that shrinks. No, yeah, the it, one it that fills, fills the space. any space that it... It's in, like completely. So the first time it flies out of the trunk, it goes into like a house and like a, an, an attic. Yeah, in an attic. And it fills up the entire attic. So there's this hilarious scene where everybody is trying to get this thing into this little teapot. So they get this cockroach and they have to throw it into the teapot. So that, I, it was that the so alchemy funny. would then shrink to fill the teapot space. Yeah,
1: and then... Because this thing took up every single inch of that attic. Like, yeah. it... There was no room for and, much of and anything And, like, else. Jacob
0: was getting, like, squished up the side of the... I just... I really like that bird. I really like that scene a lot. I also really like the Niffler, which is the little platypus guy who steals out all the jewelry and which stuff. Which I read that
1: he was actually, like, they actually used, like, a type of platypus on yeah. set, so he was actually kind of real. Oh my god.
0: He's how so adorable. Cute. He was
1: so cute. He loved anything shiny. He was constantly running away from Newt, and so he was always getting away from Newt. And, like, in the bank, when he... <laughs> I loved
0: him just stealing all the jewels from people's boxes and running and away. And he was so... Just the noises he made and the personality oh, he had. That scene when he went into the jewelry store. He snuck into the jewelry store. Oh, my store. God. This movie was hilarious. Like, I want to see it again in theaters just because it was so funny. My mom wants to see it. If you, if you want to go with I'm us... I'm going again. If you want to go with us, you, we could totally go together. Because I really enjoyed the comedy in this movie, and... It was Dan so, Fogler was hilarious. It was so
1: the comedy was so out of nowhere. It really like like he you would just they would just be walking along, and then you would just see the niffler, in a in a mirror posing like a mannequin holding all of this jewelry on him like, and like just New, out of like, nowhere just goes in the damn shop yeah just, and Newt, destroys
0: everything You just
1: blast through the the window and just
0: starts destroying the thing so funny it was. He just does everything like he has no consequences. Like he he doesn't think before he does anything. He He's even
1: like, he even looked kind of like uh, animalistic, like chasing after his prey. I know he
0: was like he was, like he was climbing stuff. Oh, and he I was, love him. He's hilarious. It was so he, so funny. And yeah, I think that him and Jacob and just they're just such good. Like they're just. I think that's really what drove me through the whole movie. Which was the comedy. Yeah, and just, like, everything. Like, what are they going to do next? Where are they going to go? Where are they going to take Jacob, who is a no-match? You know? I know, because
1: they really had a lot of stuff they needed to get done in this movie. Like, they, they well, of course, the, the main thing with Newt was having to find all the creatures that had escaped. Yeah, they escaped from his box
0: that yeah, Jacob accidentally
1: took. that. Yeah, and then, but then the Obscurus doesn't come until later, then they have to deal with that. So then, and then just everything starts intermingling where they, like, are still trying to find animal. Like creatures, while the obscure stuff is happening, there's like a lot of stuff. Yeah, is happening. and
0: I think it was it was kind of all over the place in that sense. But I also just it really... kind of was,
1: but it was an outsider coming and causing mayhem in New York, so yeah. it was kind of just chaos from the from the get go. That's true because chaos he just started straight off the boat. Yeah, he, like he, just he just made bad choices. The guy, the guy who accepted his passport and looked through his trunk. Just, just let
0: chaos walk into, walk into New York. <laughs> Which was already there, and then it made it worse. Yeah, And, and he helped save the day, too. So. He did. Yeah.
1: So my favorites were the bow truckle named Pickett. Oh my god. Who has his little, his little, uh, uh, his little tree branch friend. Yes, a little. who, little- who kind of had some separation issues. He was so cute. Yeah, he seemed really real, didn't he? I saw a guy at the swing dancing place. He had a little, he had a little pocket, <gasps> pocket pin. It looked like a pocket, and then a little bow, a little truckle bow in truckle it. was sticking out of it. You saw that at the swing dancing place? Yeah, it was just the that we were paying for our ticket to get in. Oh my! And God. and the guy just had a pin, and like Hannah and I were just there, and I was just like Hannah, and I like <laughs> pointed at his pin, like oh right in front God. of him. And I was just like straight faced excitement, pointing at his <laughs> pin, and he was like. Oh, this? And I'm like, yeah! Marry me! No. Did you say that to him? No. Oh. I, I just said, oh my god, where'd you get that? There's actually a Loot Crate box that's Harry Potter. Oh. That's Harry Potter themed. A whole Loot Crate box. Emily, I can't go spend a on Harry Potter on things crate. every
0: month, I was on it. I know, don't
1: but... Alzheimer <laughs> Anyway. So, the bow truckle, adorable. I just... Ugh. When, when he almost gave him away at the club, uh. I was like uh. gonna cry. My heart. I was gonna cry. I know. Because he already had separation issues, and then he was just gonna... But it's okay. Newt was just playing the guy. He knew he knew he was never gonna leave Pickett. Right. <sighs> but almost there for a second. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> okay. And then I also just love the Thunderbird because the little accents of gold and the feathers, yeah, the, the two like the four wings. He yes. had like four sets of wings. It was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, it was really gorgeous. Great. It was such such a cool animal. But l-
0: let's talk about his his trunk in general. Going into the trunk. Seeing all those animals in their different environments. I had no idea his trunk was going to be like that. Yeah.
1: I totally thought he was just going to have all these animals just shoved in, his, in the trunk. shoved in the trunk. Yeah. But you know, I should have seen that coming because, of course, they have tents that look super tiny in, in the Harry Potter movies that then you walk in right. and they're like huge mansion tents.
0: Yeah, for some reason... So I don't know these... why I didn't... I didn't <laughs> like, I was, I was like, duh. No, all this stuff <laughs> was so surprising. I know. It's just like, I, what? what? I think it's because it's been so long since we've... We've really seen a lot of, and Harry just Potters. the fact
1: that it teased you, like when you first walked in, like,
0: like walked small. down there, it, it was, was like, like, like it was like oh, it's like, his little uh, potion room where he had all
1: of his magic stuff, yeah, and you're like, like oh, that's how big it is, so yeah, it's like oh okay, where's the whatever, store, you know? and then it just opens like this humongous world of of ecosystems, like in each yeah. like a clock,
0: but they all, st- I loved it because it was it all still looked like it was like just. Picture and they were all or like, in it. Or, or, and there or like was a like, set. Like it looked yeah, like it looked a like set. set. There was like
1: tents that they came from. There was like and... curtains. There, they were like, there were like, <sighs> there were, like theater curtains. Like yeah. draped in between them. That had all the different stuff. That had stuff, pictures like of like, like
0: moving pictures of snow and mountains and. But they clearly were pictures. But then behind that was an actual real place. It was like how far does that go? Like I, oh, it was amazing. There's just there's like all these different animals with so much inventiveness and. So much like just creativity with these with these creatures that you wouldn't expect from just I I mean, I, I absolutely know. loved that scene. Just being able to see, yeah, because like because so I feel like
1: because even though we do see a lot of movie, I mean, of creatures in the Harry Potter movies, not that many, though. like. I mean, I, I was trying to think of some, like, you know, the Mandrake, the Hippogriff, the dragons, yes. like the, the pixies, werewolves,
0: yeah, like yeah. the centaurs, and so, yeah, centaurs, but the, but unicorns, those, but those are things that we know we know of of. already, like, they're, yeah, like, they're yeah. already kind of already things that are real, whereas, like, JK kind of, like, with this movie, made up things from scratch, like, she just, she did see other types of, like, those traditional, like... Greek ones that we always see, like a centaur or something. Yeah. But a lot of these were s- more interesting, more, like, different combinations that she created herself, not just what she got from lore. Yeah.
1: Know? Yeah. Which I definitely loved that part because it just... It j- it just made it... It made it so much more interesting. Just, like, that whole scene where he was walking through and showing Jacob all the different animals. It was just magical. You mm-hmm. hear that Entertainment Weekly? It was magical.
0: Anyway. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we're going to move on. Next question. Alessandra, what is your, uh, what's your Hogwarts house? I am a Hufflepuff. What? Just like Newt, who is played by Eddie Redmayne, who is the love of my life. I'd say Lamb, <laughs> but Newt's not Lamb, so I really can't. No, he's not. And neither is Tonks, who's also a Hufflepuff, and I so no. love her a lot. I think she's Probably my favorite character in the Harry Potter series, actually. She's
1: great. Her and Lupin just OTP man. Yeah, I just OTP really love talks. <laughs> I, yeah. I, of course, am Gryffindor, Pottermore approved, mm-hmm. chosen and approved, and I will never be anything else ever again. Yeah, and I never saw myself as a Gryffindor anyways. You know, I think I'm a Gryffindor. Yeah, I think you probably and you know are. and I and I think I think we're a good we're a good team. Huffledore. Griffin, Griffin Puff. Griffin Puff. <laughs>
0: Griffin Puff. And what's your Ilvermorny house, according to Pottermore?
1: Yeah, I just, I just recently did that because the second I found out you could do this, I was like,
0: yes! <laughs>
1: um, so I am, which I, I need to look more into this. I am in the house Horned Serpent.
0: hmm
1: So I need to read more into that and figure out what exactly that means.
0: I am in the house of Puckwudgie, and I read some more on Pottermore about that. It's the house of healers, apparently. That's cool.
1: Uh, yeah. So you can find things to then heal. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm. T- Hufflepuffs, they say that Hufflepuffs... I know, they're more than just finders. Right, obviously. I got it. <laughs> We're great finders, but... Star they, Kid, Team Star Kid. They do say that Hufflepuffs think before they act. And they aren't, there's actually the least number of dark wizards that came out from Hufflepuff House. That makes sense. Yeah. And, because uh, they, they seem more like they would contribute more. They do in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think that we're more of the They're working more. class kind of people versus the headstrong leaders. Which is fine because you need a lot of people who can think contemplatively versus, like, just boldly, Mm -hmm. you know? And I I really feel that about myself, too, so that's probably why I belong in that. Um, But the Pukwudgie apparently is just, like, healers, and there's not really a lot of information yet on Pottermore about it, so. Yeah.
1: So, would you rather live in 1920s Wizarding World, or modern-day Wizarding World, or... London or America,
0: Wizarding World? Like, what's your... Oh, I I would say modern day Wizarding World. But I would live in London. Of course. <laughs> because I love London. Yeah. Um, and also because I don't know what America's like in this time, actually. So it's hard to say because we only know what America's like in the 1920s. Yeah, we don't know much about it. Yeah, and uh, I... I just really love London. I really love England, so I'd probably live there. What about you? Um, as much as I would love to live in the nineteen twenties and wear
1: those amazing clothes, nah, I'm gonna be different. I wanna, I wanna live in nineteen twenties. Nineteen twenties Brooklyn, Wizarding World. Oh, okay.
0: Brooklyn. All right. The, the movie took place in Manhattan. Manhattan, that one. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Goes to show you how much I about... don't know anything about New York. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yep. But no, in all for reals, I'd probably live in modern day London. Maybe Germany. Yeah, I modern, mean. Modern day German wizarding world. Yeah. That sounds cool. That does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. But then I would just wear 20s clothes just because. What's your patronus? I am a piebald mare. What is D- that? I, it is a type of horse. It is mm-hmm. a mare. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up all the different Patronuses you could get on Pottermore, mm-hmm. and it turns out there's just like, I don't know, there's like 30 or 40 different kinds of like, more you can get. Wow. And I was like, what does this mean? No information. I have nothing. I I, it is, I know. I'm a, I'm a is shrew, a, which I know, is adorable.
1: Yeah. I, I I freaking love shrews. <laughs> oh my god. But... They're, they're like little long-nosed mouses and they're adorable yeah they're really cute remember the one from Puffin Rock the one who was constantly eating he's a shrew I love yeah. him anyway yeah no information I don't I, don't know I what couldn't that really find mean.
0: yeah I couldn't find anything I think I think maybe you can read it into it however you want I
1: mean maybe I mean there's probably some some Harry Potter fan out there who's collected
0: some type of stuff to for tell sure people. but there's just so many types of <sighs> I know. because there's like a there's a piebald stallion. And there's a piebald mare. And then there's like another type of horse, too. Like, it, I don't, there's lots of, that's a lot. There's a lot of different stuff. So, I mean, maybe in the future we'll find out some more. But maybe, because I mean, she's adding stuff to Pottermore like every
1: single day. Probably not every single day, but you know, of that caliber.
0: A so, lot. I, I guess I'm going to read um, this BuzzFeed article now. Oh, yeah. Um, That I found to be kind of interesting, which is 37 Facts You Didn't Know About Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So it has major spoilers, obviously. So it's directed by David Yates, who directed the last four films in the Harry Potter franchise. And I think he did an excellent job with those films.
1: Which, fun fact, Eddie Redmayne's favorite uh, Harry Potter movie is the
0: seventh one, part two? Yes, part two. You're right. Um, so number two, the name Newt Scamander appears in the martyr's map in the prisoner of Azkaban and the Marauder's map. Yeah. Yeah. And the, it like, appears on it. Like he's in, he's like, he's walking around. I guess he's walking around. But isn't he dead? I don't know. Nobody, oh, I don't wait, know. but in, Maraud- in the Marauder's map when, when Harry gets it, uh, there's his name on the picture. He's, like, walking around. Is he a ghost? No. I don't know. We have no information about him, so. What? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? He, We'd have to look for that next time we watch a movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, Eddie Redmayne auditioned to be Tom Riddle in the Chamber of Secrets, but was turned down after reading one line. Well, well he got a better deal. <laughs> he got a better deal a lot later, oh, but. Oh, yeah. Better deal. Um, but Eddie was J.K. Rowling's first choice to play Newt. He didn't even have to audition, and he also had a hand in the other casting decisions. Mmm. Uh, I, I wonder who he chose. Oh, like, I bet just everybody else, probably. Like, but, like... The, the women and Dan and... Because those are the people he worked with closely, so... I'd like to know specifically. Oh. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> Shirsha Ronan, Dakota Fanning, Kristen Stewart, and Lily Simmons were considered for the role of Queenie before Alison Stoodle, Sudol was cast. Which I think she is... Oh my god. She's like my favorite character. She,
1: she's also our friend Hannah's favorite
0: character. Yeah. And
1: she was amazing. And I, and I was... And in the script... Queenie was described as the most beautiful wizard anyone has ever seen. I would... Like, the most beautiful witch. She's very, very beautiful. The, the most beautiful... <laughs> I, I think it said exactly, the most beautiful witch to walk this earth. Really? That's what it said? Yeah, she's supposed to be the most uh, beautiful witch in the Harry Potter wow. everything. I think...
0: Yeah, she's really pretty.
1: She... She was adorable. And she was really her. cute, too. She was super cute. She was super... Like, her personality was great. She wasn't even, like, you know... I, like, I just loved her the second I saw her. Yeah,
0: and you know what was great was that, that time where she like basically put off lady problems as the reason why she could get off of work. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, you know, just like girl things. You want to see my bag? And he's like, no, I don't want to see that. Like, <laughs> just love her. That was such a good idea. So funny. Um, okay. Um, J.K. Rowling said, I knew more about Newt that I needed to know, and that was her reason for writing the film. Hmm. Before J. K. Rowling wrote the screenplay, director David Yates had the idea of turning the book into a documentary about Nude's Commander. Hmm. Interesting. Each of the actors got to design their own
1: wands. Ooh, yeah, I know. Uh Eddie was talking about his. He didn't want his to have any animal parts at all. Like he didn't want any unicorn horn, uh-huh. no phoenix feathers, like he didn't want any animal harmed at all. Like to, yeah, in the making is... in the making of his wand. Yeah. And yeah. even though the person who was choosing his wand wanted to put, like, she wanted to put some type of tie-in to Harry and Voldemort and stuff, like, yeah. w- like with the phoenix feather, and, and he said no. Wow. Great. He's, he said no. And he
0: said no. <laughs> <laughs> and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The wizarding currency in the U.S. is called Draguts. It looks like an S, but with a D. What? Like a, <laughs> It looks like an, uh, the money sign. Sorry. The S. Oh.
1: <laughs> that <makes> no sense. <laughs> now that I read that Looks like an S, but with a
0: D With <laughs> okay. the dollar sign Looks like the me. money sign, but with, yeah, but the, with dollar the letter sign. D With the letter D, with like a slash it. So basically, it's an S with a D <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of f***ed that up Okay Eddie Redmayne trained with real zookeepers and animal hander- handlers to get practice Yeah, I remember reading something about that where just, he would just spend days just like watching how people interacted with the animals the cast took wand classes to learn how to properly hold them they also watched old Harry Potter films to get tips well Mm. obviously
1: you know all they have to do is watch that one one of my Harry Potter films has a special thing at the end where you can learn how to do spells like yeah they'll they'll show you the way to wave it and yeah the way to wave it and everything like Lupin will stand there like show you stuff they just just (laughs) gotta go to the disc two disc two special features it's funny
0: that they say... On, like, what? They watched old Harry Potter films. Like, I know. Why are they getting <laughs> so old already? Come on, BuzzFeed. They're not that old. BuzzFeed, get it together. Uh, right. That's weird. Okay. That is um, weird. Remember when we got the glimpse of Lita Lestrange and Newt's photo frame? Okay, so... Um, yeah. BuzzFeed's, like... That was Zoe Kravitz, which means she'll probably pop up in some of the later films. What or was not? our reaction when we saw that on the screen? Literally, though, we saw a glimpse of her, and you and I were like, "That's Zoe Kravitz!" Like we like looked at each other in the movie. and We were like, "That was Zoe Kravitz." Yeah, we, we don't. I mean, I mean, we don't it miss took that. Sh- it man. took a pretty
1: long, <laughs> quick pan over Zoe. Though. Yeah, like they wanted you to know that you Look saw. Look who her. that is! That's Zoe Kravitz. They're like quickly but slowly. Hey look who Yay. that was. Hey We gotta hey, pay her look who that
0: was. We gotta pay her three thousand dollars for this. For taking one that shot. beautiful picture. Yeah, probably more than that actually. Ah, uh, Zoe. I love you. <laughs> 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 but anyways, uh, she is being she's Lena Lestrange who is related to not... Bellatrix, which everybody probably thinks, but she's actually related to Bellatrix's husband, mm-hmm. because Bellatrix's husband's name was Lestrange. Bellatrix's last name was actually Black, so she is a Black. She is not a Lestrange, but she marries to uh, Lestrange. I don't remember his first name, but mm. I think he died before the Harry Potter books come out, so that's why... And then she has that weird affair with Voldemort. This is... Which is just all kinds of... <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, so... Then, um, according to a statement from Warner Brothers, the second Fantastic Beast movie moves deeper into an increasingly dark time for the Wizarding World, where Newt and other heroes have to decide on their allegiances. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so that's going to happen in the next few movies.
1: Grindelwald. Yeah. And young Dumbledore. Dumbles. I'm so excited.
0: Dumbles? <sighs> yeah, okay. Dumbles. That's fine. Um, Professor Dumbledore. (laughs) Dumbledore. (laughs) Okay. Dumbledore will be in the next film, and he'll have a couple couple of scenes with Newt. There's no official word yet on who will play him, but producer David Heyman mentioned Jared Jared Harris is an option. Who's that? He, uh... Is... I don't know. All right, I'll take a look. Um... Though Jared Michael Gambon, Harris? who played Dumbledore in the later Harry Potter films, said he was desperate to be part of Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Jared Harris? Ooh. Hey! It's this guy! Oh! Jared Harris! It's that oh, guy! Oh! Okay. He's the king in the crown! Yeah! He plays her fo- I love that guy. I'd be super down for him to be Dumbledore. Okay. Um... Yeah, all right. I yeah, he was good. great in the crown, man.
1: I could see I could see some of that action on, uh,
0: on Oh, some, some Dumbledore gay <laughs> gay Dumbledore action? Yeah, totally. They are a little bit old in that. Yeah. I mean yeah. I mean which action do you think we're really gonna get from that? <laughs> <laughs> what is gonna happen? Nothing. Probably probably some nice hand holding. no no. <laughs> More than that? They're angry at each other. They're like, evil against each other at this point in time. Okay, well then it'll be some... They're gonna have their big, epic duel. There'll be some sexual tension fighting. Yeah, there's gonna be that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're gonna see. Yeah. Between spoilers. Johnny Depp and this guy.
1: Spoilers. Um. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs>
0: That's not gonna happen. Also, in the second film, the beast will be featured less and there'll be more focus on Grindelwald, which makes me kind of angry because why don't you call it something else? Like it's not gonna be called. I know Fantas- it's gonna be called Fantastic Beasts and where to find them in the
1: first one, but then not even be about Fantastic Beasts later. Yeah, like we should they should call it something else. They shouldn't call it Fantastic Beasts. I know Fantastic Beasts should have, of course, started, but it should kind of be its own thing. It should. Like it did. should
0: just be its own thing. I don't know. Also, Credence will be making an appearance in the next films in a significant way. <gasps> Isn't that exciting? Aren't you happy he didn't die? So he ain't dead. He ain't gone forever, at least. Cause <laughs> apparently, I saw that in an interview they were talking. They had this deleted scene in which he is leaving on a boat. But, but he died. Not completely. But he,
1: there was one lone string of obscurus like flying
0: away somewhere. And the fact is that his... He shouldn't have lived that long. They say Obscurus has only lived to be like like 10 years old, right? He lived to be like 18. Are you looking for one? Are you looking in the corner of the room? No, is that a Harry Potter robe? No. 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 It's, just, it's, like, a, it's like a Count of Monte Cristo outfit. Oh, We're gosh. in a closet of a house of people that I don't even know. No, the house. I have never met these You've people. You've been here many times we when, basically they're, when they're are not here. We are illegally in somebody's house. No, we're not. They <laughs> paid me to stay in their house. <laughs> okay. Gosh. <laughs> to watch their cats. It also says the next film will be set in Paris and the UK. Ooh! Oh, okay. Back to Britain! Yeah. <laughs> And Jacob is going to be in the next few movies, too. I love uh, Jacob! This is just all really good news, Ooh, honestly. Jacob. The film is set in the same year that Voldemort was born. This new this movie. Mm. 1926. Mmm. And I actually read somewhere that some people are conjecturing that Credence is somehow related to Voldemort. Mm. Which is kind of a weird thing to say, but he is a dark wizard, so. hmm Okay. Um... The music was written at the same time the movie was being made, so it could be part of the architecture of the film. Ooh. Johnny Depp's scene was shot in January, and everyone was sworn to secrecy about his involvement. <laughs> it was pretty big involvement. Yeah.
1: He's Grindelwald. <laughs> Spoilers, we told you in the beginning.
0: <laughs> the movie was finished three weeks before the release date. The what? The movie was finished. Like three they finished with post production. Weeks? That is really cutting it close. That is like Oh man. That's like That's really close. They that's did really not close. know how long production post production was going to take. Especially since since it was like heavily CG based. Oh yeah. Like definitely. The whole movie basically. They didn't even shoot in New York City. Nah. Think at all, nah. it was all produced like, like in a stage. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, basically. Well, yeah,
1: because Eddie was talking in an interview how there was like a jungle, a jungle area set up like next to their area, and oh he my was God. like, "It's like, can we just shoot a scene of Newt in this? <laughs> like, just have it." That because, was probably he, for like, like
0: Skull Island or something. Because
1: he wants, he wants there to be a, he wants there to be a <laughs> movie with
0: Newt where he's just in the wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would actually love that. I know that would be amazing. Okay, um, that's pretty crazy. So, there were a lot of scenes that were cut, but don't worry, they'll be on the DVD extras. Oh, This yeah. will include a scene where Tina and Queenie sing an, uh, the Ilvermorny school song, <gasps> which Alison Sudal queenie co-wrote with J.K. Rowling. <gasps> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. This is just so exciting. Okay. One of the lyrics is, we stand as one united against the Puritan. We draw our inspiration from Good Witch Morrigan. Mm. The song performed in the underground bar was also written by J.K. Rowling. Mm. With that really interesting elf lady. Yeah, Yeah, she was yeah. really neat looking. Yeah. Um, there was also a scene cut early from the film in which Jacob's girlfriend breaks up with him because he didn't get the bank loan for his bakery. Oh, I'm glad they took that out. Yeah, me too. That's not even a That's story. ridiculous. He was already really sad. There, there was no need for more sadness. No. Yeah. None of the film was actually shot in New York. I said that. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling said that Jacob the Nomad reminds her of her of Ron. Oh, probably yeah. because Ron's like the comedic relief, and you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Ezra Miller, Credence actually recorded some movement that was used to animate the Obscurus cloud. Ooh, scary. The A Mating Scene Dance was choreographed by one of the guys who does the dances for the Royal Ballet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that like part
0: it. was so great. Uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> the pastries in Jacob's Bakery were actually made of foam. Oh dang. I wanted to eat one of those. Yeah. They're so cute. Dan Fogler's great great grandfather was actually a baker on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Aww. And Eddie Redmayne's favorite of all beasts in the film is his little pet trackle. Yep. So that's what I did. Who
1: wouldn't? Pick it so cute! Pick us y'all! Yes. Pick it! Alright. So. So we're gonna read and comment. Um. One of the things that we like to read is uh, Metascore reviews. I don't know if we talked about that in our introduction. IMDb. Yeah, IMDb, the Metascore. That is... That's where we get our scores. I know people use, like, Rotten Tomatoes or... I don't know what else there is out there. But, to us, Metascore is what tells us if a movie is good or not. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) kinda, yeah. Really, though. Well, yeah. Um, So these are just some... Like, we don't read the whole reviews, we just read the, the little sections on IMDb where it's, like, the little, like, summary yeah. of kind of what they said, like, little headline. Headline. Yeah, little headline of what the review is about. And the usually... Thesis. Yeah. It's the thesis. The the thesis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and usually they're really funny, but um, these ones, so we're just going to read some and comment about it. Do you, what was the overall Metascore? It got a
0: 66. So I'm the sad. overall meta score was a 66. Yeah. That's sad. Which is like still I, in the green. I it is, but I I liked it more than a 66. Oh yeah. 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 So, I think on my meta score like personally, I would give it a 79.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe, that sounds about sounds yeah, 78. So,
1: 79 sounds a little high. Maybe so like 75. Maybe like a 70 77. Okay, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, but actually, it was weird. I was reading these, and normally I take these Metascore things to heart, but for these, I kind of wasn't... I was... As I thought back, I was kind of agreeing with them. Yeah, of course. We always kind of agree with them. But the way they were writing them, I was like, no, it wasn't like that. Okay, anyway, but you know, we'll we'll get into that. So, one of the reviews, uh, Screen Crush gave it a 60, and... What they said was, Fantastic Beasts is a good movie and offers a fun and inventive return to Rowling's Wizarding World. But it could have been a better movie if it didn't waste so much time setting up a new franchise. So I didn't really
0: agree with that
1: because, like, they kind of had to set up the franchise. Like, it's not, like, how how could they have done that? I also don't think
0: they did a lot of, like... It didn't really do a lot before the story started, you know? Like, it wasn't like you took a while to set up the characters, because it didn't. It was kind of just, like, jumped right in there. He just goes to the bank, and he loses his thing, and he meets, like, everything just kind of happens really quickly. Yeah, everything was kind of jumpy. And yeah, like, and like, it was a
1: bit jumpy. And moved, and but it was still, like we said in the beginning, it was kind of chaotic, but that was because they let chaos walk right into Manhattan, so it's like, yeah, it, it was a very chaotic, crazy movie, but I really didn't think that, like, I don't know, the way that Screen Crush makes it sound is just like, they shouldn't have been setting up this new franchise because there was other stuff that needed to be done. Like, that just didn't, uh, Yeah. that review doesn't help anybody because <laughs> they're starting a new franchise, so what are they gonna do? They yeah. have to introduce new people, they need to introduce new plot lines. What else were they going to do? Yeah. Just but they throw were already... us in the middle of something that no one made sense? Like, that didn't yeah. make it sense to anyone? And, like, so that... Yeah. It was a review that I, I did not agree with that. Because I was just like, what else were they supposed to do? And... EW gave it a 67 Entertainment Weekly. The thesis says... Fantastic Beasts is 2 plus hours of meandering eye candy that feels numbingly inconsequential.
0: I don't think this this
1: guy read the Harry Potter books. I don't think he did either. He's probably one of one of those who's just basing it. I mean, and we might be slightly biased just because we we're biased. we're bit we're because fans we, of Harry Potter and we've seen we know, all the prior
0: stuff. We know where this fits in and so it's like I guess if I wasn't a huge Harry Potter fan, I might not enjoy it that much. Yeah, I'm. I honestly might not have, but because but the movie is an enjoyable movie. Like, it is. He says that he says it's eye candy. It is. Which it's very much eye candy. There's but a lot. I wouldn't lot of... say it's numbingly inconsequential. Like that doesn't. No, I think it brought up a lot of interesting subjects that it could have delved deeper into. But we also have like four more movies to that's do that. That's true, and that's, so, there's a lot more story that needs to be told. Yeah. That we generally know the outline of what happens. Like I said, Dumbledore and Grindelwald have this face-off where Grindelwald was the darkest wizard before Voldemort. Yeah. And he b- brings this whole um, the greater good concept with the Deathly Hallows and thinking that muggles are way beneath... Wizards, and there's that whole entire thing that still needs to be explored more. Mm-hmm. So, I think that if you, yeah, I guess, if you don't see it, like, like you, just as a whole, and, and you, you just don't know, and if you don't know again, you're just, just
1: like, like, oh, this movie is just this good, bunch this of crazy stuff. This it's crazy guy <laughs> running around and catching animals and being a big weirdo, like, yeah. So, I don't know.
0: It is kind of a hard pill to swallow in that sense, yeah, yeah. but it's not like the first Harry Potter.
1: But, (laughs) believe it or not, we're biased. Sue me. Um, And there was another one. So for the third one, The Hollywood Reporter gave it a 70. And it said, Invention and effects are the name of the game here. Predictably, and this world invites us in as effectively as the best of the Potter episodes. Somewhat less effective is the film's character bonding agenda. Now I highlighted... Somewhat less effective is the film's character bonding agenda. And that yeah. was it was kind of here and there. Yeah. I mean, they touch they touch on a lot of relationships forming, a lot of friendships forming, a lot of introductions to new characters, so and a lot of stuff was going on. This movie saying it again, chaotic. A lot of stuff was happening of course cuz it's an introduction it's a new franchise it's all new and they have to cover a lot in just one movie yeah so which i think it did a very good job
0: at doing oh, for everything it did, that it needed to it did accomplish way better than suicide squad dude <laughs> oh man <sighs>
1: yeah <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't bring this up right (laughs) now. We'll talk about Suicide Squad (laughs) later. Yeah. Because there's some conflicting thoughts on that, but later. Okay. Okay. So, back to, (laughs) back to this. Distracting me. So, there's a lot of moving parts in this, and so, just on some of the, I feel like with, in terms of characters bonding, I thought that Of course, the scene where, of course, we see all the creatures was also a very good friendship bonding one for Jacob and Newt. Yes. That was, like, you know, Jacob was was taking in a lot of stuff that day. He was just... I
0: like them sitting in the beds next to each other, too.
1: That's, that was like really cute. Like Jacob was just <laughs> following along, not even knowing what uh, to do, but like, you know, he just kinda wanted to leave. And they're just like, You kinda gotta hang out with us, buddy, all right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, and he's they just, made like, stay
0: there too for he's some like, reason. What
1: am I doing here? I get flirted with with a with the most beautiful witch <laughs> in the world. I know, I love him. And and I'm going down in this random stranger's trunk to see all these animals. So it's a really hectic. It's a really hectic way to meet a friend, I'll say. But I really think that that magical creatures introduction scene was also just really awesome with Newt and Jacob.
0: Just you know, bonding over feeding all the animals. Yeah. And, yeah, and since Newt doesn't talk a lot, it's more of a physical presence that he shares with Jacob. Yeah,
1: he's just hopping around to yeah. everything, and he he's like, really "Here, take these and go feed that." And, yeah, and also, Jacob's just like, "Okay."
0: Yeah, and, and J- like he has the most lines. It seems jacob he talks a lot he talks a whole lot lot. he's like in every scene he has he has something to say and so he's a big character and i was you know sad to see that they um removed his memory at the end like it was a really depressing it was so sad i was really upset about that and i still am but i'm excited to see him in the new one so oh my gosh Ugh. Him and Queenie, OTP. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you, what about Queenie and his relationship? Okay, I thought it was a little quick. You know, he had, like, just met Queenie. She, of course, she's drop-dead gorgeous. Um... And they like kind. It felt a little forced. It did. Like it was kind of just forcing them two together. But I, yeah. s- I still really liked them together. They're like because Queenie's just so great, and Jacob is just so adorable. Like just, and <laughs> I, I just love them so much. I just think they're so great. Like just the yeah. two of them. But yeah, their their character bonding was very forced and very short. Yeah. Which of course, I mean, they're two kind of sub characters. So you know, they really, you know, they, they didn't have to. They didn't have to extend their romance that long. Like they didn't have to, and well, it was. Moving on to the romance
0: because we we're into to Queenie and Jacob, but <sighs> tell some goats. but Tina and Newt. Yeah, are they? So they're like, a thing. They're gonna be a thing. When was
1: that chemistry? Yeah, that on was screen? that was I didn't never... see that
0: even at the end.
1: That was never like, addressed. That
0: was not even. It was only addressed in the very
1: last scene of the movie. Yeah, when when he is like he's leaving, when he's just like I'll be back one day, and she's like, yes, like I, like, I know, like, like he'll what be the... he'll be back one day, what? and well, she just, like, obviously he's and awesome, just but lame. like, like, like what?
0: I I don't know, and I just I like that actress, but I also just I don't I didn't really like their chemistry. I didn't really feel like that a lot of chemistry.
1: Yeah, I mean, if anything. Well, because they started off on very wrong foots and, oh, of course. and, and, and she of arrested course, him and, and of course with her background of being an aura and, you know, having to protect protect the nomadges, like, you know, they really it was really bumpy from the beginning. So I mean, if anything, they should have just left it as friendship at the end of this, because maybe if there was at least a type of friendship at the end. There was not yeah. there was not anything more than that. None none of that was developed enough to be to be addressed at the end of they the didn't film. Didn't
0: even really like. I don't even remember them having like a seriously kind of like a moment in the movie Except for when he was
1: saving her from the uh, the pool.
0: Oh, maybe yeah. a little,
1: but not even, but not even I know, really but though. That
0: wasn't even like like he was just she saving was exasperated her. Exasperated because she was gonna die. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, <sighs> I didn't. I didn't really feel like. But that's not really a conversation. Like I feel like they didn't have a point in time. Where the two of them and he had one with Queenie when they were talking about, uh, Lita, it, it, they like they had a heart to heart, and that like I to me that was more real than any of the other conversations he had with Tina. Yeah. He didn't have that kind of conversation with Tina. Like he had it with her sister. Yeah. Like that made no sense to me. Why didn't he have that conversation with Tina?
1: Because <laughs> just... Tina can't read minds.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the reason. Yeah, I I think that. It was a little bit... That,
1: I mean, it it wasn't forced or anything. It just wasn't there. No,
0: and I... I Like, their
1: their supposed soon-to-be romance, I mean, it'll probably show up more in the next films, but I didn't see it. I I don't know what these people are talking about. Well, I mean,
0: let's think about it. J.K. didn't do such a great job even with, like, Harry and Ginny, or even Ron and Hermione. Oh, yeah, You know, those were also very choppy relationships. We hardly hardly saw Tonks and Lupin's relationship in the books we, we we don't really get a lot of that from those books and that's not why I read those books it's not maybe, for the romance yeah maybe
1: she's just not a maybe she's just not the best romance writer but
0: I'm telling you like that's not why I like Harry Potter and that's I why I'm I like a, a lot of other th- stuff but yeah. this yeah I mean, so you, know,
1: you don't watch it to see like People macking
0: out like you know. Yeah. No, that's not like a part. of... You watch it for the magic. Yeah, for the magic. Yeah. For the magic. Which is kind of an interesting. You know, it's interesting why I like it so much when a lot of the other things I like have a lot of romance, have a lot of ad- like different kinds of adventure that involves romance and. Yeah. And you, Harry Potter does,
1: but but like you don't, you, it's like Harry Potter. That's not the is point so it's so satisfactory. <laughs> it's just yeah, you thing can, about it. You can get so much satisfaction from Harry Potter. That's not romance. Yeah, like you can just—it's just a great story. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great world to dream about.
0: So is that where we're gonna end with this movie? Do you want to say anything else? Yeah, before... on a sad note. Well,
1: I wish I was a wizard. Ah, uh, I know. It's okay. I got my wand.
0: Yeah, you. She, we went to the Wizarding World um, at Universal. I got, have to say, it I was... got a hella
1: expensive wand. Yeah, and I, I magicked the
0: <laughs> out of Hogsmeade. I tried every type of butterbeer so much sugar let me tell you you didn't have the hot one. Oh, i did have the hot one we, we, had, we had the one. yeah we got to go back and get the hot yeah. one. yeah but there was a lot of sugar i did have 3 butter beers that day though. you did
1: and i even thought 2 was too much yeah
0: so i couldn't even, drink, I, the, want to, I couldn't
1: even drink the whole last one i don't even one. want to imagine how you were feeling there was, oh, yeah. was a lot of sugar it was a lot of sugar it's good
0: though but amazing place so magical and just makes everything feel so real <sighs> so um i guess we're done talking about this movie if I mean, I can't believe if you have listened to this, you haven't seen the movie already, but you should go see it because it's really fun. I mean, I
1: hope you didn't just listen to all of this and get spoiled on everything and then not go see it. Like, Oh, you
0: need to see it. There's so much that we didn't cover at all. We didn't really cover everything. There's just too much in that movie. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. We covered we covered quite a
1: bit. There's still definitely a lot of stuff that we just didn't touch on. Because I mean, we probably could have touched on the Makusa and, yeah, more, and yeah. Graves more. And, yeah, Graves, yeah. Um, who I just love Colin Farrell. So. He was good in that. Just, he was. He was. He
0: was good. He was. I'm sad he's sleek. not gonna be around
1: anymore. He was sleek. <laughs> sleek. Yeah. Same. Um. And the Makusa was pretty cool. I wish we got to see more of them and maybe more of their headquarters because, like, mm-hmm. they were just in there for, like, a couple seconds.
0: And we'll learn more about them in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess we're done talking about that. We're going to go on to this little section we're going to do now called uh, Fun Facts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because I just decided that we should, uh, you know, just bring in some cool facts about film uh, in the film industry. And so I was looking something up. I was thinking, um... The other day, that you know, in The Last Crusade, it has Sean Connery as uh, Harrison Ford's father in it. Sean Connery, yeah, yeah, in the movie, and it's a great movie. And uh, the Indiana Jones, yeah, 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 so Harrison Ford was born on July 14th, 1942, which makes him 74 years old. And Sean Connery, who started his father in The Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Was born on August twenty fifth, nineteen thirty, which makes him eighty six years old. That's only a twelve year age difference. <laughs> During filming in nineteen eighty eight, they would have been forty six and fifty eight respectively. So <laughs> I looked this up because I was so curious. That's not right. But you know what I was thinking was be- the reason I come to this conclusion was I was thinking about how old Harrison Ford is, and mm-hmm. you know we're always making fun of him, but we really love him and everything. But, you know, he's an old guy. And then I thought, how is Sean Connery not dead yet? When he's, he's not dead yet? No, he's 86. That's what I said. <laughs> he's all... You're right, you did say that. Uh, yeah, and I was like, how is he not dead yet if he played his father? Can I see a picture of him right now? Yeah, he's old. He looks like... He's looked the same for, like, 40 years. <laughs> Dude. He's got, like, white hair and everything. And yeah, so that was my fun fact. That they were, they had a 12 year age difference yet in the last crusade and Ford's such hot stuff and Sean Connery is like this old man. You know? Yeah, and they're only 12 years apart. Yeah. Like father, like son. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Both
0: old. Both really old. <laughs> Both really old. That's yeah, that's what he looks like. He looks pretty fine. He, he's like He's pretty good looking for an eighty six year old. Was he in something recently? Maybe. Did we watch a movie with him? Because look, he. That's not Burt Reynolds. <laughs> That's Sean Connery. <laughs> Anyways, what's your uh, fact? I want to know. What do you think of? Dude, I don't have one. Oh. You didn't have one? No, I did not have one. Oh, I thought you were gonna look one up. Okay, well. Right now? You just had one for me. No, don't look it up. Fun oh. facts about film. <laughs> Oh, it can't just be anything random. That was something I thought of on my own. Okay, then I don't have one. All right, fine.
1: That's I, cool. I really don't have one. I told you I didn't have one.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were going to look one up at the last minute. No, I cooked dinner instead. <laughs> okay. Ugh. Well, um, this is the end of the podcast. Just some info about our podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash I'll Buy the Popcorn Podcast. You can also find us on iTunes. And facebook.com slash I'll buy the popcorn podcast. And yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> Planning for your next trip?